are the voyages of the starship Therapies. Its continuing mission to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. What you doing? Just setting up my Twitter account. <laughs> it's Twitter. It's evil. No argument. But I would say that it isn't entirely evil. Remember that with all those trolls, there are also plenty of delightful woodland creatures with whom you can interact. Like me! Yes, Captain, you are the one who said I had to make one. I said that you ought to make one so that you can interact with our listeners. And also, it's a great way to stay in touch with your chosen family, which incidentally is today's topic. Your segues are legendary, sir. Thank you. Um, so what Twitter handle did you wind up going with anyway? After much pondering, thought, mindful meditation, I decided to go with something that really spoke to me as an individual and a thinker. Hmm. I went with at Spock's All Ears. Aw, you sure are. <laughs> Welcome back aboard the Starship Therapies, friends. I am Justine Mastin, LMFT, writer, researcher, yoga teacher, and captain of this particular vessel. And I am Larissa, a licensed marriage and family therapist, writer, researcher, and the Spockian first officer of the great Starship Therapies. And away we go! Away we go? I'm trying something. Do you not like it? Hmm. Well, let us move things along to today's chosen topic, shall we? Chosen families. Oh, you didn't like it. Chosen families. Ugh, why did I choose this family? Remember your Vulcan meditation, Spock. As you said, you chose this family, which is exactly what chosen family means. The people with whom you have a close emotional bond and consider to be akin to family, but there's no blood, marriage, or legally adoptive bond. I couldn't have said it better myself. That I wholly approve of. Yeah. And just like any relationship, even your chosen family can kind of get on your nerves. These are, in fact, other human beings with whom you're having a relationship, which means that there will probably be some challenges. And that was quite validating. Wait, does this mean that I get on your nerves, sir? Never. Never, Spock, never. You are the most level-headed of any of my chosen family members. And you, sir, are the most challenging. And it's important to be challenged. I'm the most fun! Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> now, some might be wondering, why do we choose families? Because it might seem illogical. Shouldn't the group that we grow up with our families of origin, if you will, be sufficient to meet our needs? Uh, for some folks, sure. But for most, there's a need for additional support. Uh, the, the research on chosen families has spent a lot of time around folks in the queer community, which makes sense because queer folks are often rejected or at least misunderstood by their family of origin. So they would want to create a chosen family in order to get those needs met where they're lacking. This is also super common for folks who move away from their families of origin. It creates a stable support system within their new living environment. That makes sense. 
And if we think back to episode one of our podcast, when we discussed Kirk Brain and Spock Brain, it is quite logical that you and I should be chosen family. We are clearly fulfilling needs for the other that are somewhat lacking within ourselves. And most likely, we're lacking within our families of origin. Oh, you got that right. And before we go too far down the road of talking just about ourselves, though talking about me is my favorite topic. Second only to Buffy. Mm, That's a great point. I still think I'd rather talk about me. I think that a great example in fandom of the Chosen Family is from the Daredevil comic and the later Netflix series, which you and I wrote about in the pop culture and psychology series book Daredevil, The Devil You Know. Oh, excellent work, sir. You've managed to promote one of our books without even planning it. Right. No planning at all. One of the reasons that I think that we ended up wanting to write about Chosen Family when we were thinking about what to write about for Daredevil is because is that Matt Murdock is and his like origin story and then what everything that comes afterwards is a great example for the reasons that we start to look for Chosen Family, right? So if we go back to his origin story, his mom either dies when Matt's very young, leaves because she's an alcoholic, becomes a nun. It depends really on the story, depends right? on the story and who's writing it. But like really the important thing here is that she leaves and he has to struggle with that trauma at a very young age that's unspecified, but roughly is probably between what age is like mm, five and seven, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so he's left with his dad and his dad really loves and cares about him. But his dad is unfortunately a raging alcoholic with um, some rage issues, even on mm-hmm. days when he's not hitting up the, the whiskey. And so due to this inclination for risky behavior and lower levels of emotional control and being fairly poor and the victim of, you know, class hierarchy, all of that. I don't need to go down that road any deeper. Um, his dad ends up being killed <laughs> by mob bosses. And this is what happens in the comic book world. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean? This means that basically as in early adolescence, Matt is for all intents and purposes orphaned, but he still needs a family. He still needs a support system. And so he goes out in search of one which brings him to stick. Mm. And this brings up one of the more problematic elements of chosen family. If we go about assembling our new chosen family in a reactive or unmindful way, we can end up repeating problematic relationships like Matt does with stick. Matt is looking for some kind of emotional fulfillment from stick that stick isn't able to give him. Much mm-hmm. like um, the emotional fulfillment Matt was looking for with his dad. That, Which his that, father was also unable to give him, would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, dad, dad did his best, but dad had some emotional limitations. Exacerbated by a pretty intense alcohol problem. Uh, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and, and probably, though I don't know that this is explored particularly well, some grief over losing his wife. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Matt's father's loss of his wife, which is explained in a variety of different iterations of both the comics and the movie series, but like what causes the loss is not perhaps as important as the loss itself, um, which is traumatic for both Matt and his father. And they each kind of break in different ways around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so Matt is looking for Stick to show up and like fill this emotional need for him. And, and Stick really isn't able to do that. 
So that's a really generous way of putting that. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that it was actually um, quite, quite harmful the way that Stick actually showed up? I would. I I would go so far as to say it was quite harmful. And I might even use the word negligent. Mm. Um but on the you know on the other side of it and the, and again this this varies based on sort of what version of of stick kind of speaks to you. I do think there are versions of this character that kind of attempts to explore stick's own backstory or hints at it at least a little mm. bit which mm. I mean it, it doesn't make the way he ends up treating both Matt and Electra okay, but I, I do think it goes a long way in explaining maybe kind of what what problematic relationships in his own family of origin um, showed up for him in in both his attempts to uh, mentor Matt and and of course Electra. Yeah, well, and that um, brings up something that I talk to clients about a lot, and I believe I've mentioned on this program before, which is it's important to understand where people are coming from. It's not to Mm -hmm. excuse their behavior, but it can help you to make sense of it. So if knowing Stick's backstory helps give some understanding around how he became the way he is, it could maybe, you know, it it maybe could have helped Matt to better interact with Stick. And at no point does that excuse his behavior. It just mm-hmm. helps give it a framework, help you to understand the lens through which that person sees the world. It does. And I think it's probably important to add here that, you know, some of this understanding, it's how helpful it's going to be is going to be based on kind of the place that Matt is at developmentally. So sure. when he's a, mm-hmm. you know, a young child, like, you know, roughly no. ages, like, I don't know, like yeah. nine to 13, like, mm-hmm. it's not really going to matter what kind of lens he approaches <laughs> stick yeah, um, because he's, he's a kid and he just like needs an adult in his life to like fucking stand up and like be reliable. (laughs) And if they can't be reliable, what young Matt needs is for them to be clear about their limitations. Mm -hmm. Um, But kind of to your point later on in in life, when Matt does, when he is an adult and he does in fact learn more about Stick's backstory, I think it does go a long way in helping him kind of wrap his mind around what happened, how it came to happen. And if it doesn't give him some catharsis, I think it at least gives him a sense of understanding and maybe even opens the door for him forgiving himself. Because definitely, mm-hmm. as a young child, Matt um, internalizes a lot of Stick's negative behavior mm. and blames himself for it. Which it, it does seem like as an adult when he learns more about Stick and can like have more perspective on his own life as well. His own life being Matt's own life, that it allows him to kind of let go of some of that internalized guilt. Yeah, which is so common for folks that have this sort of interaction with either a family of origin member or a chosen family member is if if the adult isn't acting like an adult, the child internalizes that as something the child has done wrong. And it it can be really hard for that to repair. But when you get to be an adult and you can start to see through the lens of that adult, it can help bring some understanding. And again, not excuse the behavior, but some understanding that hopefully can lead to self-forgiveness to realize, oh, this isn't something I did. This is from this is from Stick's trauma. This shit ain't my shit. This, right. this, this is Stick shit. 
Mm -hmm. But, you know, later on, you know, less when he's a child, but more as an adult, Matt has lots of opportunities (laughs) to claim his own stuff, right? (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying Matt has his own stuff? I am. I am saying that Matt has his own stuff. I think this (laughs) comes up like the most glaringly um, in his relationships with uh, Foggy Nelson. And Karen, whose last name I just always forget, not because I don't see you, Karen, I do see you, Uh, but just because to me, you're always just going to be Karen. Uh, And for some reason, (laughs) Foggy Nelson is known by both first and last names. Mm -hmm. Hashtag headcanon. So yeah, so we see the ways that like Matt has a lot of his own stuff with these two. Wouldn't Mm -hmm. you say so, friend? Yes. Well, and I don't want it to be all negative. Right. Because none none of these relationships are a hundred percent negative. Nor no. nor is anything in our life a hundred percent negative. There's all light and shadow in everything. Because in some ways he was really mindful when he chose Foggy, and mm-hmm. that relationship had some corrective experiences. He was able to, you know, ha- have a real true emotional bond with this guy. That he maybe wasn't able to have in his family of origin. Well, and I think you make a great point in the the ways that kind of he Matt does attempt to be more mindful here, because rather than seeking out another sort of adult parental figure, he in Foggy he's like let's let's be let's go peer to peer here. Mm-hmm. So let's like try to have a different sort of relationship to this other human. And really, you know, what develops is this really beautiful again based on the version of the comic book or movie or TV you're going with. (laughs) Um, But at least in some of those, there's this really beautiful dynamic that grows between the two of them and they become friends and brothers and business partners. And here's where things start to get a little tricky because (laughs) that's a lot of different kind of roles. Yeah, it is. And it's just, it starts to get real complicated for both of them. Mm -hmm. And that's before Karen shows up. Right. I mean, they are they they are integrating a lot of different roles and they're not necessarily having conversations around how they're managing Mm -hmm. those roles. Yeah. And, you know, okay, so if we have a fight, does that mean we we break up the law firm? If we have a tough case, does that mean we're not friends? Right. You know, and so it's all so congealed together that when something kind of blows up in one aspect of their life, it kind of blows up other aspects of their life too. Yeah. It has that huge ripple effect. That's not mm-hmm. really ripply. It's more like volcanic. <laughs> and and you see each of them really struggling with that and not, and neither of them really know a lot of the time what to do. Mm-hmm. But well, I think, yeah, no, yeah where did, no, well, where did they have any modeling for how the fuck to deal with that situation? Like, well, I, do, I, I don't think, I don't, I gotta be honest here, listeners, I don't know that much about Foggy's backstory. In some, there's, it seems like he has a real, oof, just, just a real tough relationship with his mom. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know as much about like what, like what stuff he's bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, though, it, it seems like it could be vaguely edible. But but un- unclear. <laughs> <laughs> but we definitely know that like Matt has a lot of stuff that he's bringing to this relationship. And to your point, yeah, Matt didn't have great role models. He didn't have people who 
showed him how to have clear, honest, but also emotional communication about things. None of that was present for Matt. So it's not really a surprise that he struggles with that well into adulthood. And then add in the additional emotional complication that is Karen, last name unknown. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's Paige, isn't it? Karen Page. Yes, it is Karen Page. And the thing about Karen Page is that she really fills a multitude of roles for both gentlemen. Yeah, there's like a mother-sister-lover, mm-hmm. you know, dichotomy situation happening. And it is as uncomfortable as it sounds. <laughs> it really is, friends. And if you want to hear more about it or read more about it, then please do pick up <laughs> uh, Dear Devil, the Devil You Know. Because we get right in there. <laughs> so as, as you, can, you can see here, listeners, um, Daredevil clearly has a lot to learn. And that's the thing. Our families of origin have a lasting impact on our lives long after we think that we've outgrown them or left them behind us. Those early lessons, attachments, and transgenerational traumas don't just leave our psyche as soon as we leave the house. My own difficulties being the child of mixed species parents has been, frankly, a lifelong challenge to understand and grow from. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that, Spock. Family of origin is a huge topic, and we will discuss um, this further during the holiday season uh, because it's the holiday season. (laughs) In, In the meantime... As Larissa mentioned, check out our book to learn um, so much more about Matt, his family, and genograms, which Woo-hoo! is a word. Yes, which is a word you have never heard of, and that's fine. Um, it's essentially because it's really it's really more of a image than it is a word. Oh, <laughs> now, now that's now that's a family therapist for you. Um, <laughs> basically, it's a therapy family tree, and it's a way to look at your family and the ways that people get along or don't get along and who's had challenges with whom and who's had challenges within themselves. Very insightful, sir. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Now, here are some takeaways for our listeners at home. Family of choice is a normal and human interaction that is no way pathological. And sometimes your family of choice may involve non-human members such as dogs, cats, and fictional characters like Sam and Dean Winchester. Or, in the captain's case, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, Slayer, my Slayer. Not only is she chosen family, she is the chosen one. Fascinating. (laughs) Um, You bring up an important point, which is, as we talked about in episode six on Phantom Attachments, our relationships with Phantom characters are both real and I would say really fucking profound. But now it's time to talk about the darker side. As I said, nothing is all good or all bad. Everything has shades of light and dark. Do you mean to say, sir, that it's not all moonbeams and sunshine? I'm afraid not. Uh, and we, we discussed a little bit of this as we were um, discussing Stick. Creating a family of choice is a pretty important and complicated endeavor. And we need to be really mindful about it. Because here's the thing. Human beings are wired to gravitate towards homeostasis, which is just a big-ass word to say the status quo. 
which means that we sometimes surround ourselves with folks who contribute to us reenacting old behavior patterns that don't serve us. In essence, we are drawn towards situations that feel familiar, even if those situations are harmful. Humans would rather have pain that they recognize than the prospect of a comfort that they don't. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Great job pitching the book again! Ugh. But what can friends do about that tendency towards homeostasis? Well, unfortunately, this often isn't something that we realize until we've already enacted the old pattern. So if you were the caretaking member of your family, you know, in the past, if you were the person that tended to be the one that made sure that bills were paid and that, you know, there was food on the table, you were kind of like the grown up, even though you weren't a grown up, um, you might find that you are caretaking your friends in a similar manner. And as you're doing that, you might notice that it's bringing up similar feelings of resentment or grief. And the hard truth is that this is one of those instances where the person whom you're caretaking has offered you what I call a shittily wrapped gift. The shittily wrapped gift of self-knowledge. Well said, sir. And, you know, I think this segues nicely into our next episode on rules, roles, and boundaries, where we will further explore ways to first notice, then start to engage with or change these old patterns that may no longer be serving us. Oh, I love a good segue. I know what I'm buying you for, Hanukkah. <laughs> to segue, to segue, lahayam. <laughs> Oh boy, that was that was really beautiful. <laughs> so, where can our listeners find out more about what we discussed today? Well, as we talked about last up, you can either jump on the Google or you can have your trusted Spocky and friend jump on the Google um, <laughs> and take a look at some of the following terms. So, we talked about family of choice today. We talked about family of origin. Uh, genograms, uh, which are a bit of a brainchild between Murray Bowen, Monica McGoldrick, and Randy Gerson. Again, apologies to everybody for potentially butchering your names. So yeah, I think looking at any or all of these would really provide listeners with some more information on these topics. We may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. You'll always be our mensch on a bench. Tune in next up on Rules, Roles, and Boundaries, which we will explore through Lego Batman. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Best way you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, and be sure to tell your friends. And as always, friends, live, live long. long and prosper. prosper.